When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you to go over our favorite bets for NFL Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year. And, Joe, it's funny because if you were to just give me a pop quiz, not now because I've looked at this stuff recently, but if you were to give Mm -hmm. me a pop quiz at some random point during the regular season, you were to ask me, all right, name the last several MVPs. I think I could do it. But if you ask me the the top offensive players of the year or those who won the award, I would have no clue whatsoever. I'm looking at this list and I was surprised by by who won it in large part because it does seem like there's a bit of a shift historically at who can win this. There was a time when quarterbacks won it a lot of the time, running backs won it and wide receivers were afterthoughts. But now three of the last four winners were wide receivers. And it seems like, when it comes to the quarterback position, because MVP is a quarterback in all likelihood that the offensive player of the year is to go to a position that isn't a quarterback. So what say you? See, it's funny. I would actually be able to, to list recent defensive player and offensive player of the year winners because of this show. Uh, we talked a lot about Justin <laughs> Jefferson. At the end of last year, I, I couldn't believe, mm-hmm. even with just a few games left, the amount of value that was still there uh, with Jefferson and the schedule that was left for him and all the success they had, the numbers he was putting up, uh, that, that you could find that value. It, yeah, so I was actually going to pose the same question to you. I know it's only been two years, but it has been three of four. I think this is, there's a few layers to this. So since MVP is quarterback and only quarterbacks are really under consideration. There will be times during the year when it's a national story. Hey, should this great running back be considered, whether it's Nick Chubb or somebody else? Hey, should this awesome receiver be considered for MVP? But they'll never really be in the conversation. They'll never be top five in MVP odds. There was a time not that long ago when we would see a quarterback pull off a sweep. They would take both the MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year. I believe the last time we saw it was 2018 when Patrick Mahomes got both. You know, In 2016, Matt Ryan was the Offensive Player of the Year. 2015, Cam Newton, also the Offensive Player of the Year. It's, it, maybe they won't admit it, but it feels like voters have gotten together and they've said, look, we all know the MVP is a quarterback award, and it's always going to be a quarterback, right? Um, let's give the other guys something. Let's not give the quarterback MVP and offensive player of the year, especially with the way the game is played now and the impact we see with wide receivers. Hey, there was a time when that was running backs, but now it's receivers. Maybe I'm overreacting, but I think offensive player, is now a receiver award. And we've seen uh, last two years with Jefferson and Cup, Michael Thomas won it in 2019. But I think that's where we're at, Ed. And um, let's not forget, it has been the, the offseason of completely devaluing the running back. So 
we're left with wide receivers. Are, are you willing to get on board with that? I am not. No. Okay. Um, I think I, I do think that it is now tougher for a quarterback to win offensive player of the year that I buy, but I don't mm-hmm. buy that running backs or even tight ends are out of this mix. I mean, we could see Travis Kelsey winning this award. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, Kel- especially if the Kelsey, team- you're right. He is a tight end, but he's a receiver. You know what I mean? Well, he's a wide receiver, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean, whatever, yeah. but, but I, I, the point of contention, I think more is that I could see a running back win this award. Absolutely. I do. In fact, okay. and again, this might be galaxy brain here, but I do wonder because there is the hashtag narrative out there that the running back position is being devalued because they're all upset. They're not making money and it's hard for a veteran to you know, stay in this league and still get a ton of carries, et cetera, et cetera, and make a bunch of money. There is that. But I wonder if maybe the voters are taking that in and saying, you know what? We don't want to lose the running back position. We don't want this to be just a, a rookie, a second year guy getting all of these totes and that's what we talk about as far as the game of football is concerned so i Mm -hmm. look at that and say maybe this is football's opportunity to give back to the running back position if one is worthy enough for it and i look at the board here and i see nick chubb at 18 to 1 to win this award and i think there's value there because He is the best running back in football right now. He does play behind a fantastic offensive line. And we've talked about how the Browns could very well be underrated as far as futures markets go, winning the division, things like that. And if the Browns are playing with a lead, then they're going to run the football a good bit more. And that will give Nick Chubb additional opportunities to showcase his already fantastic talents. Hmm. That would that'd be an interesting angle. The um, I think McCaffrey right next to Chubb in the odds, if he plays like he did in the second half of last year for a full year, year two in San Francisco. Let's yeah, we're fading San Francisco this year, whatever. But they they could have the best record in the NFC. They could be up there. Um, if McCaffrey continues, but that's a his big play, if though, Joe. That's a no, big I know if he hasn't been no, healthy. Yeah. Right, right. But he could win this award, right? Mm-hmm. He certainly sure. can. I, yeah. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's, a, there's a lot going on here. Do you think, if they're thinking that they want to spread the love, the voters, if it is close, if there isn't one player that is just far and away the best, um, do you think it's difficult to, to go back to back? I kind of think they want to spread it around as far as that goes. It would be... Very hard for Jefferson to go back-to-back, don't you think? Uh, we barely have repeat winners when it comes to this award. And that yeah. that's the only reason why I don't think Justin Jefferson can win it. But I, I, when it comes to MVP, you're right that it's almost going to be exclusively quarterbacks from here until the end of days. But if there ever was a wide receiver who could win MVP, isn't it Justin Jefferson? Just in terms of the overall ability, the fact that a quarterback who's throwing him the football, I think, isn't that respected. We're going to be (laughs) No, he's not. No. Yeah, he's he's not. not. And 
yeah, you know, team performance really doesn't matter here, uh, unlike MVP. Uh, well, I mean, let's say the Vikings do go off and they don't regress at all. So that might also be uh, part of this conversation. But, I mean, if Jefferson breaks some receiving records and maybe blows him out of the water, then definitely he's going to be in consideration. And there's no one else uh, on that Vikings offense you feel like will be taking away targets and catches from him. So in that mm-hmm. respect, I think Jefferson is in the best position of any non-quarterback to win this award. But let's say that he has a phenomenal season and he doesn't win it. Then we need to start taking the idea seriously that there will never be a non-quarterback to win this honor. I think this is going to be fun to track all season. And, and we'll give some of our different angles here. But I could be wrong in some of my process or, or how I'm looking at this award. We, we could all be wrong. But here's what the reason why it's so fun is – a lot of these awards, it, it's a game of elimination. It's like, okay, hey, I believe this is going to happen, so I can scratch this name, that name, and this name out of the top ten. If you're like me and you believe that a quarterback will not win this award, you know what you can do? You can scratch out four out of the top 11 on the odds board. That's what's interesting because the market is, is not agreeing with me, and they're not, they're not saying that a quarterback can't win this award. Because in the top 11 in odds, you've got Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, and Jalen Hurts. If you think it's going to be a receiver only and you're going to scratch out the running backs, that's helpful too. If you think it's not going to be a repeat winner in Jefferson going back-to-back, you scratch his name out. It's a fun game of elimination because you, you can whittle your list down pretty quickly. Um, let, me, let me ask you one more as far as process. Team success. Does team success matter at all? Jefferson's team went 13 and four last year. The 21 Rams and Cup won it. They went 12 and five. When Derrick Henry won it in 2020, those Titans went 11 and five. It it doesn't seem it's not one seed like or maybe two like it is with MVP, but it does seem like you need to be a playoff team. But if you have a player that's this great, Mm -hmm. you are likely to be in the playoffs anyways, right? Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if there are voters out there who, I hate to say this, but take the lazy approach. They look at team record and say, well, you know, clearly this guy was so impactful that he led to X number of wins. And maybe, you know, when Jefferson's not on the field for certain snaps, the offense doesn't click as much. And so you can do that kind of on-off split, so to speak. And, look, there are metrics out there that try and calculate wins above replacement. And though we don't really look at that in football seriously, at the same time, it's out there and it's something that can be talked about, whether literally or in a contextual kind of way. So I look at this and say, yeah, team performance does matter. But not as much as it does for MVP to where if you are an MVP, you're playing for a one seed or a two seed. For an offensive player of the year, I think you can be a little bit worse. But definitely you need to be not just above 500, but maybe a couple of games, three games above 500 at a minimum. Any <laughs> so uh, for my Saturday show on 670 The Score in Chicago, Early Odds, uh, I, I recorded an interview ahead of time for the holiday weekend Any with someone on this network. Any guesses on Ryan Horvath's pick for Offensive Player of the Year? Anybody? Jordan Love. Lazard. 
No, no. Aaron Jones? <laughs> All you guys are very close. Rogers. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. I was about to. I was, yep. Yeah, uh, sure you were. <laughs> Ed? Shut up, Jake. <laughs> it's got to be a Packers connection, right? It's the Rogers connection well, to Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Uh, but the, be- the best number is 30. I see some. Tw- Anyway, carry I picked him to go to the Super Bowl, but you know. Well, yeah, you know, green is <laughs> green is his favorite color, so it's not hard to switch things out. So he doesn't have to yeah. repaint the rooms. That's see, I, I told him that that is a strange position to be in because he's Mr. Aaron Rodgers. He's our savior. Nothing can be wrong. Packers are idiots for drafting Jordan Love. And now Rodgers is gone, and you have to hope they did get it right with Jordan Love when you were screaming for years that they're idiots for drafting Jordan Love. I think that's an interesting uh, spot to be in. But we, we've talked about on the show, uh, I brought it up because it, it has the under on Garrett Wilson. Um, but Darn it's, right. yeah, this move to 20, no thanks, not interested. Since I do like receivers, um, the, the names that I'm taking a look at, you know, Chase, the numbers are way too short. He's the favorite. I understand why. I'm not interested. Boy, I we love the Cowboys so much. Is CeeDee Lamb at 35 to 1 worth a flyer? Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. it is. I, I I wonder if another question, and I want to get to defensive player real fast because I've got one uh, dark horse here. Um, yep. I'm curious when it comes to can two players from the same offense get MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. So Jamar Chase has the shortest odds for Offensive Player of the Year. Does that mean Joe Burrow won the MVP? Or if Dak Prescott wins MVP, like we've talked about offering value, does that mean CeeDee Lamb win Offensive Player of the Year? I wonder what the possibilities are there. Difficult. That's tough. This is, I think this is where we bring in the human element. And it, are, are voters likely to do that? I would say not, that they, they, they mm-hmm. would like to go somewhere else instead of picking from one offense. We'll take both the quarterback and the receiver. I think it's just human nature where for one team's success, you want to give one person credit. Uh, we've talked about that with the idea of the Denver Broncos or the Detroit Lions giving the head coach credit as opposed to the quarterback. I think that would be very difficult. You'd have to set all sorts of records. Uh, for one team to get two different winners for those awards. Right. Defensive player of the year. One of the things I looked at was pass rushers. And as Mm -hmm. we've talked about before, sacks are not sticky from one season to the next, but pressures are. And if you had a lot of pressures, but not many sacks, sometimes you do get positive regression to the mean. So I looked at all the guys with tons of pressures, but not a whole lot of sacks, looked at the biggest difference. The biggest difference belonged to Josh Allen of the Jaguars. He is 150 to one. And there aren't too many other guys on that defense who might take away from the potential sacks he might have. I think there's value there. Okay, that's not what I was expecting because typically this is a ward where you don't have to go very far down the board. But if you're all in on Jaguar stuff and Allen has a great year, and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he can certainly pop. Right, underrated defense. Not underrated, but disrespected. That's the idea there. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight and the weekend. That's right here on the BetQL Network.